If you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of John, the New Testament, the book of John, and we are going to go to the third chapter, John 3, and we're going to read the 16th verse. Now, for some of you who've been in church for a while, maybe you know this passage of Scripture by heart. It's a very famous, very popular passage of Scripture, and so we're just going to read that this morning and then just pray for God to to do his thing with us this morning. So in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to read that again. For God so loved the, Do you guys want to say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Oh, Lord, just uh, speak to us this morning. I just pray that your word will come true uh, in our hearts and that it'll move in our hearts and that it'll change our hearts and that it'll just do its thing, Father, this morning. And uh, I just pray that as we talk about the paradox of Christmas, that you will speak to us in new and exciting ways. In your holy name, amen. So... Um, we're starting this new series called The Paradox of Christmas. And um, for those of you who don't know, a paradox, the definition of a paradox is a seemingly absurd or, self-contradic- or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when, invest- that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-found or true. I'm just going to read that again. A paradox is defined as a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Have you ever come across a paradox in life or have you ever heard a paradox in life? Like something that seems crazy, but when you investigate it a little more, it might actually be true. Anyone? A few of you? So I found, I found a couple of paradoxes. So here we go. Are you ready for this? It says a paradox. Nobody goes to that restaurant because it's too crowded. Okay, thank you, David. All right, here's the next one. (laughs) Don't go near the water until you know how to swim. Yeah, okay. The man who wrote that can't write at all. Okay? So, so a paradox. Like, it's, again, a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained, may prove to be well-founded or true. And so over the month of, actually, I guess, part of, December, part of November and December, we're going to be talking about some different paradoxes in Scripture. And the paradox that we're going to be talking about today is the paradox of getting and giving. Can you look to your neighbor and say, getting? Now look to your neighbor and say, giving. Look to your neighbor and say, getting? Look to your neighbor and say, giving, the paradox of getting and giving. Now, I think to really understand the paradox of getting, um, you have to be someone that has worked in retail during the Christmas season. Do I have anyone that can testify with me this morning? Has, Has anyone ever worked in retail during the Christmas season? A couple of you, yes, thank you very much, um, when... My wife and I were, I don't even think we were engaged yet, um, I got a job, both of us got a job at Circuit City, and we were working, this is kind of, this kind of, this is kind of dates us, but we both got a, Judy remembers, we both had a job at Circuit City, 
and we were looking at getting some money over the holidays, and um, she got hired in, and she worked in the TV department, praise the Lord, and I worked in the, um, like the stock, like the, the back room, the stocking department, the sto- not the stocking, but you know what I'm talking about. I worked, in, I worked back in the stock department, and um, we just worked there for the season, and so she'd, she'd, she'd help people with TV. Or she'd help people, like, you know, they'd come in and she'd tell them information about the TVs. And then I was the person that actually retrieved the TVs for the people. And so in the back room at Circuit City, they had something that was called a picker. And they had their aisles that were really close together at Circuit City. They were really close together. And it was almost like a forklift. And you'd drive the forklift up to the aisle, and you'd press a button and it was magnetic, and, it, and the forklift would just stick really hard, and you could fly up and down the aisles really fast, and they could put the, they could put the aisles really close together. So, so I worked on this picker, and I worked in the back room, and if people, when people bought a TV, um, what would happen is, in the back room, we'd hear a beep. Beep. And that meant that a TV was bought, and we would look on our scanner, and we look on the scanner, and we'd see the exact TV that was purchased. And again, this was back in 2000, and, I think it was 2004, 2005. And so the TVs back then were, you know, the, the, the big TVs, the big, you know, like now you can, we, we bought a 70-inch TV for our basement, and I could almost carry, I could probably carry it down with one hand. But back then, the TVs were really big, and so we'd have a couple people that would, you know, we'd have someone to take the picker, and they'd go pick it up, and then we'd have the dolly, and we'd take it, and, and so, so yeah, Aaron would sell the TVs, my wife, well, he's, they would sell the TVs, we'd hear a beep, and then we would look at the TV that was purchased, we'd go out and grab the TV, we'd bring it to the back, and we'd load it into the person's car, and so this was my first time working at Circuit City over Black Friday, and so uh, they told us, hey, listen, it's going to be wild. And so normally our store hours, I forget, it was like we opened at nine or something like that. But uh, on Black Friday, they said, we're going to open, instead of, instead of opening at nine, uh, we open at seven or six or something like that. So we had to be there at like four o'clock in the morning. And we had a special deal on some TVs. And I, it was like a, I think it was like a 32 inch, one of the, you know, now it sounds kind of small. But back then, you guys remember like when a 30 inch, 32 inch TV was like the bomb? And uh, I was like, oh my goodness, you have a 32-inch TV? So anyways, they had some deal on a 32-inch TV, and I forget how much it was, but um, the, the, the night before, we piled up all the TVs, we had it ready, and um, it, that was like back when, about the, like when, when they would open the doors and people would run over each other. I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't know if, do any of you guys participate in Black Friday shopping? So are some of you guys those crazy people that were out a couple days ago at 2 o'clock in the morning running around? Okay. If you are, I'm going to pray for you, okay? And so anyway, so here we are, uh, Black Friday morning, and um, we opened up the doors. These people were running all over each other, and then suddenly we started hearing the beep, 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 and it was, it was crazy. And we were loading out all these TVs, and it was chaos, and it was insanity, and all that to say that um, I think we kind of live in a world of getting, don't we? We, we, we live in a consumer society. We live in a time where you, you want to buy stuff, you want to get stuff, you want to purchase stuff. In fact, I heard that um, last year, actually, I heard this year that they're anticipating that uh, the U.S. is going to spend over $700 billion for Christmas, um, which is a lot of money. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of the society that we live in. It's, an, it's, an, it's a society of getting, 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 buying, buying, buying. And it's really, when you think about it, the society, it's kind of built into the world that we're in. It's kind of a life that revolves around me. It's all about 
me. It's all about what I can get. It's all about what makes me happy. It's all about finding the best deals for me. It's all about buying things for me. It's about getting, 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 buying, buying, buying. And I think this maybe is the paradox when you really think about it. It's, it, it's, it's not happiness, joy, isn't necessarily found in the getting or in the buying, but rather it's found in the giving. This is the paradox. It's not found in the getting. It's not found in the buying. But rather, I would argue that happiness and joy is found in the giving. Now, some of you who are here this morning might feel like this seems kind of uh, uh, awkward or unnatural. Um, Maybe that's because you're so used to living in a consumer-driven society when it's all about getting rather than giving. And I want to encourage you this morning that giving is, it, it, it's kind of a, a kingdom principle. And I would argue this. I would say that giving, if you're taking notes, giving brings joy and it brings blessing. Do you look to, can you look at your neighbor and say, giving brings joy and blessing? Giving brings joy and blessing. Okay, can you say that one more time? Giving brings Nolan, say it again. Giving brings joy and blessing. It almost seems like an oxymoron because if you give, by definition, you have less. And we often are taught to believe that more is better and more brings happiness and more brings success and more equals winning, according to Charlie Sheen. More, more, more. More, more, but giving brings joy and blessing. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I think sometimes people think that, um, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think it's good to be financially wise. It's important to save. However, I think don't be so focused on your material things that you lose sight of the spiritual. You know, there's a lot of people that are rich in the world, yet bankrupt in, bankrupt in Christ, I think our natural inclination as people is to hold on, think, hold on to things and to keep things and to, to build our own kingdom. Getting, getting, getting is natural, but giving is supernatural. I like what it says in Matthew chapter 6. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Giving brings joy. Giving brings blessing. Now, you, you, you might not be, again, you might not be a follower of Jesus, and you might say, I'm just not sure if I believe in that, because I like to be a consumer. It's, it's interesting. They've actually done studies. They did a, a study by um, the Association of Psychological Science, where they actually took money and they gave them to participants. And for half of the participants, they said, you know what, you're going to take this money that you get and you're going to spend it on yourself. So for a certain amount of time, they gave them money and they spent it on themselves. And then for the other half of the participants, they said, we're going to give you this money and we're actually going to have you give this money to other people. And what they found was, at the end of the study, after they did the study, was that the people that had gotten the money and that spent it on themselves initially were happy, But after a while, they found out that the people that were spending their money on themselves had lost some of their happiness and had lost some of their joy. And what they found was that the people that had the money that that, that gave it away, 
the joy continued and the happiness continued. And so even if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I want to encourage you that this is a kingdom principle where giving brings joy and giving brings blessing. It brings joy and it brings blessing. Now, you, you, you might say, okay, I, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not necessarily just talking about money, although money is kind of one of those taboo things that you never talk about in church, but, but, but giving, it could be of your time, it could be of your resources, it could be of your talents. You know, it's crazy when you think about it. I think it was about 10 years ago, my wife and I, we, um, we bought our first home. And uh, we were super excited, and I was talking to one of my friends that I was playing racquetball with. He was an older gentleman. I told him, hey, we bought our first home. He's like, oh, oh my goodness, that, that's amazing. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. He's like, when are you planning on moving in? And I said, well, we're planning on moving in in a couple weeks. He said, well, you know, if, if, if it's okay, he's like, I have some friends that can help you move into your home. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so he's like, well, what, what do you need at your house? And I said, well, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, again, it's, it's like your first time home. You don't really know what you need. I'm like, I, I guess I need, I'm like, I still need to get a, I'm like, I still need to get a, a, an oven and I still need to get a refrigerator. And he's like, okay. He's like, perfect. So, so they came over to our home, this, this, this friend of mine, him and a friend, they came over to our home and um, they brought like a crew of people and these people mudded our entire, they mudded our home. They, that sounds bad, but they mudded. If you're a construction person, they mudded our home. They, they trashed our house. It was such a blessing. No, they mudded our home. They sanded the home. They sanded the walls. They washed the walls. They painted our entire house. They removed a rotten porch that we had in the back of our house that still is, needs to be rebuilt. They brought us in a refrigerator. They brought us in a stove and they partially renovated one of our um, uh, one of our bathrooms. And when we walked into the and when we walked into our entry room, we have an entry room in our home. There was a big metal stake that was stuck in the wall. I don't know what the previous owners did. There was a big metal stake that was stuck in the wall, and they took the stake out and they patched it all up. They did all these things, and um, I was thinking about this, but I think I think living generously. Um, it, it does a couple different things for you. First of all, it changes your relationship with other people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 well, like when you bless someone, it changes the relationship that you have with them. Like now when I see this guy, his name is Al, like we ha- it's like a bond that we have. It's like he, he, he knows that he blessed me, and I know that he blessed, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful for him. It changes the relationship that I have with him. But also, not only does it change the relationship that you have with people when you're generous and when you give, but it also changes the relationship that you have with God. It brings joy and blessing with other people, but it also brings joy and blessing with God. Because when I look back on that story, I sing praises of Al who helped me out, but I also sing praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because I know that I could, have not, I could not have done that on my own. He helped me in ways that financially I was unable to do. And I, I, I give praises to the king. And so when we live generously and when we, when, when we, when, and, and when we give, uh, giving brings joy and giving brings blessing. And um, I just want to encourage you this, this morning, like maybe um, you have been tentative 
to uh, be a generous person, or maybe you've been tentative to be a giving person, I want to encourage you. It's a supernatural principle where when we're giving of our time and of our resources and of our talents, it brings joy and blessing. It brings joy and blessing. Uh, it changes our relationship that we have with, with other people. And it also brings joy and blessing with, with the Lord. So giving uh, brings joy and blessing. But also giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. Have you thought about that? Giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. Can you look at your neighbor and say, giving is how God demonstrates his love for us? Giving, wow, that was quick. Giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. Giving is how God, so giving brings joy and blessing. But also giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. You you think about it, it's like, um, even from the creation of the world, giving us the gift of life. You know, it starts in Genesis, and you see that God created the sun and the moon and the stars and the sky and the wind and nature and all this beauty and all this brilliance, the magnificence of a sunset, like, 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 like the beauty of creation, he, the beauty of life. He, he, you think, think about this too, like God placed us at just the right distance from the sun so that we, so that we don't burn up or so that we don't freeze to death. Like it has to be perfectly climate. He, he has given us the gift of of life. Our God is a giver. Can you look at your neighbor and say, our God is a giver. Our God is a giver. I, I, I like what it says again in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved. Now, now, now some people will, will look at this word so and they'll say, um, the, the, the word so is speaking of the, the magnitude of God's love for us. Let's say it's, when he says so, it's like they'll hold it out really long. God, for God so loved the world. It's like when I ask my daughter, how much do you love me? She says, oh, daddy, I love you so, 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 so much. It's a, it's a, so, so some people look at that and they're like, this much mean, this much mean like a unit of measure. God loves you so much. And that, that is true. God does love you so much. But... It's interesting because when you actually look at the Greek word here, the Greek word is hutos, which is not a unit of measure, but rather it speaks of the manner of God's love. It's an example of his manner. So, 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 so really it's speaking of his nature. God loved you that he gave. You see that? It's in his nature, and his, he, he loves you so that he gave. It's like love that isn't accompanied by giving, when you think about it, isn't much love at all. If it isn't accompanied by action. For example, I, I, my wife and I, we exchanged vows almost 17 years ago now. And 17 years ago, I stood up uh, at a church just right up the street, and I said, I do, I do, and I love you. You may kiss your but the, uh, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today in the presence of God and these witnesses to join together in holy matrimony. And, and so, so, so I remember I'm saying, I do. And she said, I do. We said, we exchanged vows. And, 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 but if, if our relationship would have ended, if that would have been it, if it would have just been the words, our marriage would probably be pretty rocky today. But God loved us so much that he gave 
He demonstrated it in his giving. Check, take a look at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. It's interesting because when you look, he, he didn't give, you know, sometimes you, you meet someone and, and they might give you something, but it's a leftover. You know, like, like, like you, you, when you go to a yard sale and you see the stuff that's being sold, it's like, well, that's, that's exciting. You know, I remember we had a, we had a, we had a church rummage sale once and, and a lady donated um, a couple dozen pairs of boys' underwear, used underwear. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, that's weird. And someone bought it. I couldn't even believe it. It was so strange. But, 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 but I think sometimes we, like, like, God didn't give us his leftovers. He didn't give us his, his, his stuff from a yard sale. But God gave us his best, and he, he demonstrates it in his generosity. And we are not to be giving God our leftovers. I think so many times in our life, in my life, I, I often spend my time with God at the very end of the day when I'm tired. I often give a, just a, a portion of my money after all my bills are paid. I, I give my time. May, I, I feel like I, many times in life, I give God my leftovers. But God gave his best in his son. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 3. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children. Then down in verse 16 it says, And this is how we know that he loved us. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has not pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. But with action and in truth. Giving brings joy and blessing. Giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. And the worship team can come back up. Giving brings joy and blessing. And giving is how God demonstrates his love for us. So I guess maybe I want to challenge you this morning that maybe you have been caught up in the season of getting. Maybe you've been caught up in the season of, or just in the the world's view of consumer-driven wanting and buying and purchasing and, and, and just this this empty void that can never be filled. Just keep on buying more and more and more and more and more and more and more. It's kind of like uh, working at Circuit City, hearing the beep, 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 beep. Things can never bring you happiness. I want to challenge you this morning that maybe this Christmas season, instead of getting and getting and getting, 
maybe this Christmas season, try out the kingdom principle of giving. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give of your resources. Bless people. What I have found is often when, when God places something on my heart, um, if I don't do it immediately, a lot of times I'll get in my own head. I'll come up with reasons why I shouldn't. I'll come up with reasons why maybe I just maybe the reason that I felt this way is because I had some I ate something bad for lunch. But one thing that God has been speaking to me about is just being obedient and being obedient immediately. If God's asking me to help someone, God's asking me to minister to someone, if God's asking me to invest in someone, to just trust the process and to follow him. God, right now I pray for those who are here this morning. I just pray that they will experience the joys of giving this Christmas season. I pray that they won't get caught up in the trap of getting, but that they'll find hope and happiness and joy in you. I pray that you'll open up opportunities for them to bless others. And I just pray that they will set aside every hindrance, set aside every whisper of the enemy, and that they will be a blessing to other people so that not only will it uh, change the relationship that they have with that person, but also both of them can, can give glory to you. God, I just pray that as we sing this song one last time, that you'll be glorified.